and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Adrian Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about interest only versus principal and interest loans. Now, this is really important because uh, most property investors will use an interest only loan, but probably for a different reason that you'd usually expect. It's not just to uh, decrease your short term costs in terms of mortgage or finance costs, but it's also because it's more tax efficient. Now, this is an argument that I have heard from Andrew frequently. I often hear interest only loans are more tax efficient, but I never really understood it until we sat down. This is about six months ago with a client called Marcus and Marcus didn't really get it either like me. And so I went away and I built a spreadsheet that's got about 10 different sheets all pulling together (laughs) to try and understand the difference about it. So before we dig into that and actually explain the tax benefits of using an interest only loan when you already have a personal mortgage, Andrew, just walk us through the, the, the typical answer you'd give or the typical reasoning you'd give. Sure, sure. So before we get to that, I just want to say this is probably one of the most widely argued topics in property investment. And I know, like we spoke about Graham Fowler's book previously, uh, he is big on principal and interest. Now, fundamentally, the number one benefit of property is what? Leverage. Leverage. Leverage, right? Leverage. So why would you leverage and then get out of your leverage situation faster. That that just doesn't make sense. And so uh, that there, there are two major things. You've got ta- you're, you're more tax efficient to not pay that debt and pay down your personal debt. So if anyone's listening to this and they own their they own a house and they have mortgage on that house or they've got personal debt in any uh, way, shape, or form. If they have investment debt, you do not pay that off. It's not efficient to pay that off before your personal debt is gone. Once your personal debt is gone, the, the, the situation changes. You can you can then pay down that debt and then it becomes a cash flow conversation. But that's that's for that's for another day. And I guess um, for me, what I really look at when I'm looking at a, a property is what's my return on investment. Now, in a lot of cases, our clients might borrow 100% because they use 20% against the deposit of a rental property against their own house. So they borrow that, and then they borrow 80% against the rental property. So they're borrowing all of the money. They're not putting any cash down in the property purchase. Now, if they're doing that, generally speaking, not so much at the moment where interest rates are so low, but generally speaking, there might be a contribution once you've put in all your costs and factored in rates, insurance, maintenance, all those long-term costs. And and, uh, if there's a bottom line figure, and it's $50 a week or $100 a week, and you compare that to the growth that you get over time, the return on investment is far more significant, far more significant if you're paying an interest-only loan because your growth is going to be the same amount. The difference in the end result is the principal that you've paid down and a little bit of interest savings, but it's not that significant, and it's never been compelling enough for me. Luckily, now I've got Ed, the ultra nerd, to run the numbers and make it even more compelling. Uh, So we did run the numbers on it, there are two scenarios that I'll walk you through and just put them uh, put the differences in really plain terms. So in this example, we've got an uh, a person who owns a property and they've got a 300k personal mortgage on a 20 year term, paying it off three percent three percent every single year is the interest rate there. And so they're making a a payment of uh, of twenty thousand dollars a year towards that, so about four hundred dollars a week, say. And uh, in this scenario, they're then going to go and buy a $500,000 property, 100% borrowed, so they're going to leverage against their existing property. That's going to earn $500 a week. So 500k property, $500 a week. We're making all of the standard cash flow assumptions that we make within this show. Um, and and uh, what's really interesting is that we 
anticipate that their rent will increase at 3% a year and the operating expenses, so things like their insurance, their rates, that's going to increase at 2% a year. So the rates are going to increase with inflation and the rent is increasing at 3%. Usually, if I look back at history, it's usually been about 4% a year. So we've got these assumptions here. In scenario one, any cash that is generated from the property, the investment property, and it is cash flow positive in year one uh, by about, I think, $1,000 uh, under our scenario, $852 actually to be exact, uh, in the first year, any additional cash that comes from the investment property will be paid off against the owner occupied property. That's going to pay down the personal mortgage. In scenario two, any cash from the investment property is paid off against the principal of the investment property. So the difference here is where is that money going to go? Now it's important to note that in that second example, I'm not saying that you're paying principal payments. All I'm saying is that you're taking any additional cash flow and paying it down against the investment property. And so what's the difference? Well, before we get into that, let's talk about what's the same. In both scenarios, your property becomes profitable in the government's eyes, in the IRD's eyes, by year five. Now, what's important to know is I just said that it was cash flow positive in year one. So, Ed, what are you talking about that it's going to be profitable in year five? Well, of course, the big difference is in your depreciation. So, in the this scenario, I'm anticipating that this property has a chattel value of 50k and it's being depreciated straight line depreciation to 22% every single year and so in the first year there's 11k of depreciation in the next year there's eight and a half k then 6.7k then 5k so sorry diminishing value uh, of depreciation so so the amount of depreciation is is decreasing each each year and that means that by the time we get to year five the profit it's made is 570 dollars but the cash flow is three thousand seven hundred dollars so there's a big difference between the cash flow that a property produces and the profit yes. it produces Juices. And, and that's really important when you, when you are paying down principal payments. The principal payments are like savings. They don't count on your, on your profit and loss. And so some people, and I see this all the time, I'm working with some people at the moment that we might do a case study on actually, where they're paying down principal payments, their cash flow is very, very, very tight. And then they get a bill from the IRD because they're making a profit in the, in the IRD's eyes. And so not a good position to be in. Not at all. So now, what's the so the big difference between these two scenarios is that you are able to carry your losses forward no matter what happens in both scenarios. But when you're paying down the principal of your investment property, you're decreasing your interest costs, which are tax deductible. Now, the big the big thing here is that no matter what you're do, doing with the cash, you can do something with it if it's coming off your investment property. And when you pay it off against your investment property then you're decreasing your future tax losses, which you can offset against the profit you'd make, which means that you're actually paying less tax. Now, that sounds a bit complicated, so let's just talk about the differences over a 30-year period. So in scenario one, where you are taking any cash off your investment property and paying that off against your owner-occupied mortgage, you pay 122 k worth of tax over a 30-year period. In scenario two, where you're paying down the principal you are paying 140k in tax over a 30 year period so you're saving 17.3k in tax over 30 years by not paying down your principal 
On top of that, because you're putting additional money towards your owner-occupier home, instead of paying it off in 20 years, which is the 20-year term we had in this scenario, you pay it off in 16 years, so four years early. And the big difference is instead of paying, starting to pay tax in year 10 as you would, so if you're paying down, under these assumptions, scenario two, you're paying down the, the principal of your investment property, you're going to start paying tax in year 10. Instead, if you don't do that, you're going to start paying tax in year 11. So you'll save an extra year, or actually it's almost two years worth of tax, because the first amount of tax in the scenario that you pay uh, is, is very, very small. So that's, that's really the difference. And it comes down to at what point do you run out of accumulated losses? Because in both scenarios, again, you are, you are paying down, uh, you're accumulating losses within the first five years, because, mainly because of the depreciation. You're earning cash flow positive, cash is coming off the property, but it's making a taxable loss because you've got very, very high depreciation. Now, eventually you're going to run out of those tax losses. But if you're paying down your principal and therefore accumulating uh, less interest, then you're going to run out of those taxable losses much more quickly. That's the difference. It's at year 10, 11, 12 that the difference starts to get made in that extra 17k worth of tax that you'll end up paying. And actually, I think a great uh, great point to this scenario is exactly what I would have thought was good uh, for a client is that if you want to pay down principal, just don't do it off the rental property. Take that surplus and pay it off your personal mortgage. Get that down as quickly as possible because that's normally the big burden for people. If you can get rid of your personal mortgage, that normally saves $1,000 a fortnight in terms of repayments. That allows you to invest further. So if you are fixated on paying down principal, do it off your personal mortgage with the surplus. Don't do it if you're making a loss uh, to begin with because that just makes it even more of a loss. And and when you have no personal mortgage, then maybe just think of something like an offset so that you're reducing your interest, but you've still got cash there to pay your tax bill when you incur it. And one of the things that we frequently hear from investors is, well, like I can't get an interest-only loan forever. I might not. I might only be able to get it for a five or ten-year period if I keep rolling it over. What's very, very important to remember is what we said at the start of this podcast: your rent increases faster than the rate of inflation. Only a third of your costs increase over time. Your interest costs don't because your your mortgage is not impacted by inflation. So in both of these scenarios, your rent has increased in year 15, 16 to the point where if you start making principal and, principal and interest payments, that your rent will cover the whole thing and still earn $1,000 a year cash flow positive. After that fact, um, once you get to year 15, 16, because your mortgage costs have increased by about 10 grand because you're now making principal payments on a 30-year mortgage, but your rent's increased by 3% every year. And so that's the difference as well. If you're investing in new properties where you're you're capitalising up front those, those uh, maintenance costs in terms of not having to make additional maintenance costs, uh, or, or inputs into the property because you're, you're buying it brand new and structurally you know that it's going to be sound, um, then you do have to wait some time in order for the, the rent to increase uh, to the point where it can cover the, the principal payments and not require your input. So that's one of the reasons why you delay using an interest-only loan to then wait till the rent increases to the point where you can make the principal payments. Is anyone more confused now than when we started? Oh, did I not say it? No, right? no, no, that was good. No, no, it was good. It was just confusing. Sorry, sorry, mate. 
Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our No Money Worries email course. This is where we have collated our top nine lessons about property investment. And we've even sent you some homework so that you can just think a little bit differently about how you've invested in the past and how that might need to change in the future. Now, I'm going to drop a link to where you can sign up for that in the show notes, or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash no money worries. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.